0: So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 134. As we look at Ecclesiastes again today, a question that we need to be facing in one sense is, who do we trust? When you look at all the different things that are happening, you think about wisdom versus folly or foolishness. You think about uh, why you bother do what you do. Who can you ultimately trust in the end? And the message, in one sense, from Ecclesiastes that comes through a little bit, but also especially in Psalm 46, and we'll see it again in 2 Timothy 3 as well, is that the Bible would say you can trust God's Word, you can trust what God says, because God is trustworthy, He is wise, and He is gracious and loving. And so let's look at these passages today with that in mind, what it means and what it looks like to trust God's Word. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. A good reputation is better than precious perfume. Likewise, the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a funeral than a feast, for death is the destiny of every person, and the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, because sober reflection is good for the heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of merrymaking. It is better for a person to receive a rebuke than for the, from those who are wise than to listen to the song of fools. For like the crackling of quick-burning thorns under a cooking pot, so is the laughter of a fool. This kind of folly also is useless. Surely oppression can turn a wise person into a fool, likewise a bribe corrupts the heart. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, likewise patience is better than pride. Do not let yourself be quickly provoked, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not say, Why were the old days better than these days? For it is not wise to ask that. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing. It benefits those who see the light of day. For wisdom provides protection just as money provides protection. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Consider the work of God. For who can make straight what he has bent? In times of prosperity, be joyful, but in times of adversity, consider this, God has made one as well as the other, so that no one can discover what the future holds. During the days of my fleeting life, I have seen both of these things. Sometimes a righteous person dies prematurely in spite of his righteousness, and sometimes a wicked person lives long in spite of his evil deeds. So So do not be excessively righteous or excessively wise, otherwise you might be disappointed. Do not be excessively wicked and do not be a fool, otherwise you might die before your time. It is best for you to take hold of one warning without letting go of the other warning, for the one who fears God will follow both warnings. Wisdom gives a wise person more protection than ten rulers in a city. For there is not one truly righteous person on the earth who continually does good and never sins. Also, do not pay attention to everything that people say, Otherwise, you might even hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that you also have cursed others many times. I have examined all this by wisdom. I said, I am determined to comprehend this, but it was beyond my grasp. Whatever has happened is beyond human understanding. It is far deeper than anyone can fathom. I tried to understand, examine, and comprehend the role of wisdom in the scheme of things and to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the insanity of folly. I discovered this. More bitter than death is the kind of woman who is like a hunter's snare. Her heart is like a hunter's net, and her hands are like prison chains. The man who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is captured by her. The teacher says, I discovered this while trying to discover the scheme of things, item by item. What I have continually sought, I have not found. I have not. I have found only one upright man among a thousand, but I have not found one upright woman among them all. This alone I have, have I discovered. God made humankind upright, but they have sought many evil schemes. Who is a wise person? Who knows the solution to a problem? A person's wisdom brightens his appearance and softens his harsh countenance. Obey the king's command, because you took an oath before God to be loyal to him. Do not rush out of the king's presence in haste. Do not delay when the matter is unpleasant for he can do whatever he pleases. Surely the king's authority is absolute. No one can say to him, What are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will not experience harm, and a wise person knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. For the oppression of the king is severe upon his victim. Surely no one knows the future, and no one can tell another person what will happen, just as no one has power over the wind to restrain it so no one has power over the day of his death. Just as no one can be discharged during the battle, so wickedness cannot rescue the wicked. While applying my mind to everything that happens in this world, I have seen all of this. Sometimes one person dominates other people to their harm. Not only that, but I have seen the wicked approaching and entering the temple, and as they left the holy temple, they boasted in the city that they had done so. This also is an enigma. When a sentence is not executed at once against a crime, the human heart is encouraged to do evil. Even though a sinner might commit a hundred crimes and still live a long time, yet I know that it will go well with God-fearing people, for they stand in fear before him. But it will not go well with the wicked, nor will they prolong their days like a shadow, because they do not stand in fear before God. Here is another enigma that occurs on earth. Sometimes there are righteous people who get what the wicked deserve, and sometimes there are wicked people who get what the righteous deserve. I said, this also is an enigma. So I recommend the enjoyment of life, for there is nothing better on earth than for a person to do, for a person to do except to eat, drink, and enjoy life. So joy will accompany him in his toil during the days of his life that God gives him on earth. When I tried to gain wisdom and to observe the activity on earth, even though it prevents anyone from sleeping day or night, then I discerned all that God has done. No one really comprehends what happens on earth. Despite all human efforts to discover it, no one can ever grasp it. Even if a wise person claimed that he understood, he would not really comprehend it. So, I reflected on all this, attempting to clear it all up. I concluded that the righteous and the wise, as well as their works, are in the hand of God. Whether a person will be loved or hated, no one knows what lies ahead. Everyone shares the same fate, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the ceremonially clean and unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. What happens to the good person also happens to the sinner. What happens to those who make vows also happens to those who are afraid to make vows. This is the unfortunate fact about everything that happens on earth. The same fate awaits everyone. In addition to this, the hearts of all people are full of evil, and there is folly in their hearts during their lives. Then they die. But whoever is among the living has hope. A live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead do not know anything. They have no further reward, and even the memory of them disappears. What they loved, as well as what they hated and envied, perished long ago, and they no longer have a part in anything that happens on earth. Go, eat your food with joy, and drink your wine with a happy heart, because God has already approved your works." Let your clothes always be white and do not spare precious ointment on your head. Enjoy life with your beloved wife during all the days of your fleeting life that God has given you on the earth during all your fleeting days, so that, for that is your reward in life and in your burdensome work on earth. Whatever you find to do with your hands, do it with all your might, because there is neither work nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave, the place where you will eventually go. Again, I observed this on, on the earth. The race is not always won by the swiftest. The battle is not always won by the strongest. Prosperity does not always belong to the one who are the wisest. Wealth does not always belong to those who are the most discerning. Nor does success always come to those with the most knowledge. For time and chance may overcome them all. Surely, no one knows his appointed time. Like fish that are caught in a deadly net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. Just like them, all people are ensnared at an unfortunate time that falls upon them suddenly. This is what I also observed about wisdom on earth, and it is a great burden to me. There once was a small city with a few men in it, and a mighty king attacked it, besieging it and building strong siege works against it. However, a poor man, but wise man, lived in the city, and he could have delivered the city by his wisdom, but no one listened to that poor man. So I concluded that wisdom is better than might, but a poor man's wisdom is despised. No one ever listens to his advice. The words of the wise are heard in quiet, more than the shouting of a ruler is heard among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner can destroy much that is good. And so yeah, as Solomon continues on here, you hear it over and over again, the same kinds of questions about what do you live for? Is life fair that we've seen in the last number of days? And the answer at times he gets to is, you got to just trust God and fear God and then live your life. But we see this even more clearly, actually, in Psalm 46, a psalm that basically calls people in the midst of um, storms of life, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of things that would scare us and shake us to the very foundations of who we are, that you can trust in God and it tells us why. And so let's read from Psalm 46, an incredible psalm that tells us to trust in God's word. Psalm 46. For the music director, by the Korahites, according to the Alamoth style, a song. God is our strong refuge. He is truly our helper in times of trouble. For this reason, we do not fear when the earth shakes and the mountains tumble into the depths of the sea, when its waves crash and foam and the mountains shake before the surging sea. The river's channels bring joy to the city of God the special holy dwelling place of the Most High. God lives within it. It cannot be moved. God rescues it at the break of dawn. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms are overthrown. God gives a shout. The earth dissolves. The Lord of heaven's armies is on our side. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, witness the exploits of the Lord, who brings devastation to the earth. He brings an end to wars throughout the earth. He shatters the bow and breaks the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, stop your striving and recognize that I am God. I will be exalted over the nations. I will be exalted over the earth. The Lord of heaven's armies is on our side. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. What an incredible word, a Psalm that's worth memorizing, worth uh, meditating on and thinking about which speaks about how we can and should trust in God and trust in his word because he is faithful and strong and powerful. And we'll see more of this in 2 Timothy 3 as well. So let's read that now, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, savage, opposed to what is good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, loving pleasure rather than loving God. They will maintain the outward appearance of religion, but will have repudiated its power. So avoid people like these. For some of these insinuate themselves into households and captivate weak women who are overwhelmed with sins and led along by various passions. Such women are always seeking instruction, yet never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these people, who have warped minds and are disqualified in the faith, also oppose the truth. But they will not go much further, for their foolishness will be obvious to everyone, just like it was with Janus and Jambres. You, however, have followed my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, as well as the persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, in Iconium, and in Lystra. I endured these persecutions, and the Lord delivered me from them all. Now, in fact, all who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil people and charlatans will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. You, however, must continue in the things that you have learned and are confident about. You know who taught you, and how from infancy you have known the holy writings— which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the person dedicated to God may be capable and equipped for every good work. Those words from the Apostle Paul, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of people who are Giving Timothy a really hard time, he says, hold true to God's word. Trust God's word. Listen to God's word. The word of God is inspired. It is useful for teaching, for correcting, for training people, for helping people become dedicated to God, living for him, because God's word is word of, of warning, yes, but also word of hope, a word of instruction, but also word of grace. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the NET Bible, http://netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.